Father, we thank you for your presence as we come to your word this morning. <clears throat> Lord, I'm asking you to open our eyes to see. And Lord, there'll be an impartation of faith by your spirit into the hearts of your people this morning, I pray. Lord, give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds to concentrate on what you would say to us by your spirit this morning in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, one of the most important revelations that you and I need to have is the fact that Satan has been totally defeated on the cross through Jesus Christ. Amen. He was not just maimed. He was not just injured or wounded. He was totally defeated. Say that with me. Totally defeated. Say it again. Totally defeated. Now, the greater the revelation we have of that, the more victories we're going to win over his every attack. The reality is you can win over every attack, but you need the revelation. I need the revelation, not just in our minds. Yeah, Satan's defeat, we know that, but in our spirit, where we know that we know that we know he is a defeated foe. So we need our spiritual eyes to be opened, and uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 21, which talks about our position of victory. You need to know your position when you go to war. Verse 17, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what you need in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he exerted in Christ, this is the power that's available to you, when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all, what? Principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come and to put all things under his feet and unto the church. That is your position of victory. Now, the Ephesian church was surrounded by magical arts, witchcraft, and a lot of demonic activity, not unlike our world today. There's a lot of activity out there, and the enemy is extremely active, wanting to do you and I great harm. John 10.10 10 says, A thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. So Paul's number one prayer Number one prayer for the Ephesian Christians surrounded by the enemy was that God would open their eyes, that they would know and see the exceeding greatness of God's power that was towards them and could defeat the enemy. It was like he was saying, you've got to understand. Ephesians, you need to understand this. Satan has been totally defeated, but not only that, incredible power is available to you to defeat the most vicious attacks that the enemy would throw in your direction. You see, the enemy will do everything he can to defeat us. How many of you have realized there is an enemy out there? Yeah, yeah, there is. And he, he's, he's at work. And, uh, but it's vital that we approach this battle with the right attitude. And knowing he was defeated at the cross. So in World War II, if you know the story, the Allies stormed the beaches of Normandy and won a great battle. It was known as D-Day. By all accounts, the war was won on that day, and the enemy conquered. However, it wasn't until a year later 
that the Japanese and the Germans finally surrendered, and it was called V-Day. And the church stands between D-Day, the defeat of Satan, and V-Day, the final surrender, if you like, because Satan is defeated, but he's not surrendered. You know, he's still doing all he can to battle against us. He fights on. But it's interesting in World War II that they say that more people died between D-Day and V-Day than in the rest of the entire war. Think about this. Satan, knowing he is defeated, he is full of incredible wrath. He's got little time left, and he's doing everything he can to harm and hurt and trouble the people of God. So until Jesus returns, we have a fight on our hands. But we fight from a position of confidence. We know Satan is a defeated foe. We must see ourselves as victors, not victims, as winners, not losers, as above and not beneath. We need to know our position in Christ. If we don't know it, it's going to be harder to win the victories that God has for us. So, Colossians 2 verse 15, Satan is disarmed and humiliated. Colossians 2.15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in, triumphing over them in it. <clears throat> now, the word spoiled, in one translation, speaks of God stripping Satan of all his artillery and leaving him with no weapons to fight with. Stripped, plundered completely. And to add insult to injury, the picture here is Jesus throws this huge party. And in this verse, it's a, it's a picture when you look into the whole scripture there of an emperor, a victorious emperor returning to his city on top of a, riding this regal stallion. And behind him is a defeated king in chains, in humiliation, shame, and disgrace. And behind him is uh, chained out also all his followers and the whole city is cheering and shouting and clapping at this great victory. That's what happened at the cross. Jesus threw a party like no other. It was the greatest party in the universe, which was a total, complete, utter defeat and humiliation of Satan through Jesus and the work of the cross. <clears throat> he left him utterly naked, no weapons, to fight with, and a party like no other to celebrate the triumph of the cross. What I'm trying to do this morning is get faith in your spirit. See, you're facing challenges. I know you are. You're facing battles, and you're struggling, some of you. And what you need is faith, because faith is the victory that overcomes. Nothing can stand against true faith in our spirit, and as faith builds up, in your heart this morning, you'll go out and smash that devil to pieces. We don't have to defeat the enemy. Jesus has already done that. What we need to use is, do is use our God-given authority and enforce the victory. He's a trespasser. We do, not, we do have to fight, but victory, according to my Bible, is guaranteed. We're not struggling believers. We're not on the losing side. We have power 
of all the works of the enemy. We are not afraid of the devil and his demons, are we, church? They are afraid of us because the resurrected Christ lives in us. So let's go to Luke 10, 18 to 19, to find out exactly the authority Jesus says, not I say. <clears throat> Jesus said, you have, you know, part of winning victories is actually just believing what Jesus says. That's what you've got to do. Luke, you know, like often we read this, but then we think, oh, no, that's not true. <clears throat> but God's not a liar. Verse 18, he said to them, this is Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's a good picture, isn't it? Thrown out, defeated, humiliated. Behold, verse 19, I give you the authority <clears throat> to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy that nothing, say nothing, nothing. shall by any means hurt you. I wonder how many of us believe that verse. I see one hand. It's great. This is one of the clearest passages I know in all of Scripture. It's actually one of my favorite verses that I quote over and over and over again. Of the authority that we have in Christ, it's worth you meditating on this verse. <clears throat> Night and day, get it from your mind into your spirit. Let faith arise, as we've been singing so well this morning. I want to make five points, <clears throat> excuse me, from this verse. These words, firstly, come out of the mouth of Jesus. He's the truth. So you can believe that verse. <clears throat> My Bible, it's red letters. Number two, it says clearly, Satan has fallen from heaven. He's lost his position of authority and power. Number three, it says, I give you. I give you <clears throat> authority. That means every Christian. Is that right? Yeah. I give you authority. It doesn't say I give spiritual giants authority. It doesn't say I give leaders, pastors authority. It doesn't say I give those over 30 years of age authority. It doesn't say I give men only. And all the ladies said? Yeah. It doesn't say I give men only authority. It doesn't say those who live perfect lives and pray for an hour a day. It says I give you. <laughs> you. Tell the person next to you, you. <laughs> Yeah, I, you, I give you authority. <clears throat> Over, point four, all, everyone say all. Is that what your Bible says? Over all. Now, come on, that can't be true, can it? Jesus, you're just tricking us. You're teasing us. Come on, Jesus, change that, take it out. Some, let's put in some over some of the power. What, think, why would he say all? I mean, really, it's amazing, isn't it? Why would he say all? It's hard to put your head around that because really most of us, probably including me, don't really believe that. <clears throat> Yet it's true. <clears throat> 
And as our faith grows, the day will come when we do actually believe it. But right now, we struggle with that. And it says, over all the power of the enemy, that nothing, oh, there he goes again, that nothing shall by any means hurt you. I think nothing, I think Jesus is trying to say something to us. So John Bueno is this missionary in South America. It says of the day this university professor comes and wants to marry one of the girls in the church. So they just said to him, well, do you know Jesus? At that point, he went ballistic, smashed the table in the living room. So they said to him, you better come to the prayer meeting tonight. So he comes to the prayer meeting, he grabs a hold of John Bueno and says, I'm a servant of Satan and tonight you will be destroyed at the end of this meeting. <clears throat> John says he didn't enjoy the meeting very much that night. <laughs> Got to the end of the meeting and this university professor starts racing towards John. Four elders try and stop him, but supernaturally empowered, he casts them to the side. He's running towards John Bueno and John stops, stands still, and he says to him, In the name of Jesus, this is as far as you are coming. Instantly, the man stops as though paralyzed, pulls out this fetish. He says, this is a symbol of Satan, and Satan is going to destroy you tonight. John Bueno says to him, Jesus is more powerful than that fetish. Jesus is more powerful than Satan. At that, the man falls to the floor as though dead, and wriggles around for a while as they pray over him. After a while, the man whispers in a soft voice, saying, Jesus is more powerful. Then louder, Jesus is more powerful. Then louder, Jesus is more powerful. He gets up, hugs the pastor and the elders. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. Jesus is more powerful than the enemy that is coming against you today. Let that stir in your spirit. He's a defeated foe. In fact, when you get up in the morning, alarm bells ring in the dark regions of hell. Demons begin to tremble because they know you have the authority to crush them and their works. When your feet hit the floor, think about this. They know the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet in Jesus' name. When you get out of bed tomorrow, say, watch out, devil. I'm about to crush you under my feet today. Friends, this is not wishful thinking. This is a teaching of Scripture. This is the arrow of truth. This is the Word of God. So, Judges 14 and verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. <clears throat> Samson defeated the lion, the roaring lion. It's a picture of Satan, isn't it? And how did he do it? By the Spirit of of the Lord. You see, it's by the power of the Spirit that we can defeat all the enemy's attacks. 
You know, over the years, I've faced different challenges, as have you. But I can recall times when I've been praying, which I always do when I'm enemies at work, and I've felt the Spirit of the Lord come upon me, sometimes strongly, and I've known that I have the victory in Jesus' name. By the Spirit of the Lord upon us and in us, we can win the victory. I had that experience actually only recently. Sometimes you may feel you've got no weapons with which to fight. That's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is enough to defeat the enemy. When the lion attacks us, our hope of victory is not in our feet because he can outrun us. It's not in our hands. That will never do it. But it is in the Spirit of the Lord that is always with us, always at our side. He's at hand and ready to help if we will but cry out to the Lord. There is a stronger lion in us, the lion of the tribe of Judah, than the lion that is against us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors. I say, let faith arise in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, in your being. We need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit because it's by the Spirit the roaring lion will not only be driven away, but according to that scripture, be torn into pieces like a little lamb. Paul said it well in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and strengthens you. Zach 4 verse, Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So, if we are surrounded by all the demons in hell, afflicted on every side, as some of you would feel today. We need not fear, for the Spirit of the Lord is with us. The Lion of the tribe of Judah is in us, and the enemy has been defeated. The affliction that you face may be a habit or a temptation to sin. There's all kinds of roaring lions, aren't there? By the sanctifying power of the Spirit, you can overcome. It may be the pull of worldly things, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Still, we can overcome the lion and tear him to pieces by the power of the Spirit. What is it that's afflicting you today? What is your area of challenge, of struggle, of battle? We're saying to you this morning, Satan is defeated. It's up to you now to enforce the victory. That has been won. Exercise the authority God has given you and tell the devil to get on his bike and take a ride. <laughs> Satan, take your hands off me, my family, my circumstances, my finances, my health. Now, in Jesus' name, I command you, get out. That's how you do it, friends. You don't say, excuse me, Mr. Satan. I really don't like what you're doing to me and my family. Would you please, please, Satan. 
I beg you, Satan, would you just, Satan, leave me alone. Friends, that's not going to do it. He needs to know that you know you've got the authority. It's like your kids. They know if you know. Is that right? When, when you say do this, they know if you know you have the authority to make sure they do it. And they know if you don't know you have the authority. And once they know which way it is, they'll play the game. It's the same with Satan. He knows if you know. <laughs> Thank you. 1 Peter 5.8. Are you doing all right? You don't mind hearing about your victory? 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 2 Corinthians 2.11. See, we've got to be alert to Satan's schemes. Now, this is huge. This is massive. This is monumental. <clears throat> Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Psalm 89.22, the enemy shall not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. See, although the enemy is defeated, he still tries to afflict us, to knock us out. It's important that we're not ignorant of his devices. <clears throat> now, I'm going to frighten you a little bit, but the thought of devices is this. Someone, the devil, is scheming, calculating, shrewd, and devious. So the devil's not just hoping to do us harm. He is constantly planning, scheming, and working out how he's going to get you. <clears throat> we need to be alert to his devices. He'll usually attack us in the areas where we are weak. So what's your weakness? Where are you easily tempted to sort of kind of veer off track in your life? You need to set up safeguards. See, I've seen that Satan plants landmines all around us hoping we're going to stand on one and do us great damage. And if we're not alert, walking close to God, the danger is we'll stand on a landmine and be injured if not wiped out. How good is Satan at this? Unfortunately, very good. Think of the tens of thousands of Christians who are no longer following the Lord, who are no longer in church, or no longer regular in church. Just wiped out, friends. Tens of thousands in our nation, if not a whole lot more than that. I just want to suggest eight landmines that I've seen take out a lot of people. One is having the wrong people around us. Birds of a feather flock together. Bad company corrupts good morals. You start running with the wrong people. Friends, I'm not saying we've got to avoid the unbelievers. You know, we've got to be a light and a witness. You start running with the wrong crowd. How often have you seen that? Person's gone. Secondly is a relationship conflict. You know, just a clash. Satan sets you up so you clash with another Christian. Very hard to be in conflict with another Christian and, and still be, you know. I mean, not, you can't avoid the conflicts, but you've got to make sure you're doing everything right on your part. You may not deal with the conflict, but at least you know in your heart you've done everything you can 
to make it right. But the enemy sets up these relationship conflicts because they can actually take people out of the race, take them out of church. Thirdly, an offense. And the Bible says offenses must come. In other words, it's going to come. If you haven't been offended, get ready. You're going to be. <laughs> Any Christian, what are you going to do when it happens? You know what's worse is you take up someone else's offense. That's a killer. Because the person who gets offended finds the grace to overcome. The person who takes up the offense often doesn't find the grace and ends up worse than the person who actually got offended. Don't ever take up someone else's offense. You know, God will give them grace to deal with the offense. Number four is simply a wrong relationship. That's different to a wrong crowd, wrong friends, but a wrong relationship. You start getting close to, maybe dating, whatever, getting on with, whatever, however you like to call it, a wrong relationship. Here's another number five that I've seen, is you just start skipping church. You know, used to be in every Sunday. Ah, oh, let's give it a miss this Sunday, you know. Some sport on, got to go somewhere. I've just noticed this happen, friends. It's a thin edge of the wedge. You know, then, then you start missing two Sundays. And, you know, before you know it, before you know it, people just virtually no longer in church. And you know, the devil will give you a thousand good reasons to start missing church. It's just one of his cunning skin. And he knows if that's the thing that will get you. See, that won't get some people, but it may, there's some people that will get. Some more. Another one that I've seen work, obviously, is the whole area of the sexual area. Pornography. The internet. Some of these games that are there is just rife with messing you up and messing up your brain and really taking you away from God. Then there's also the, the love of money. Love of money. And I'll throw one last one in there. It's not having godly counsel around you. You know, that you people that you are submitted to and that you listen to and take heed to their God. You know, the multitude of counselors. That's, that's, multitude is not one. <laughs> It's not even two, it's more than that. You know, God places people around you to really help you, you know, to guide you so that you don't, don't lose your way. And, you know, the old independent Kiwi really struggles with this. It's a battle of, of, of being a, a champion for this concept for years and years and years. You've just got to have people around you. If you're going to get from A to God's goal B, it's got to go via this point here, this person or people here that can help you get to where God wants, to get, wants you to get to. Friends, you're just not smart enough to work it out yourself, nor am I. None of us are. We need a lot of help. With God's help, we can be sure of victory. Satan has been defeated. The victory is sure. I give you authority as the musicians come to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy that nothing shall by many means hurt you. We are not victims. We are victors through our Lord Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah, who is mighty in battle, is in us and with us. We will win and not lose in Jesus' name. Amen.